Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I know a lot of people are like, that's excessive. And let me tell you why it's not. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, your weekly look at all things CinemaSins, TV Sins, and commercial sins. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week, I'm joined by CinemaSins staff member, Daniel. Hello, everyone. Uh, Daniel, it's good to see you again. Uh, having you on relatively last minute. I appreciate your time. Yeah, yeah, no worries. I try to do, uh, try to get in here whenever, whenever I can. <laughs> I guess spoiler alert: Daniel's not on any of the uh, videos this week. But not a um, single dude. one. I have no information for you whatsoever. So <laughs> that's not no. entirely true. You're just <laughs> no, kind of, uh, you're just kind of a proxy or, sur- or like a surrogate of other people's thoughts. But but it's also good because you could still like help give insight to things. You know, it's. You're still very valuable. It's just, I don't know that BTS has ever had somebody that's not worked on the video before. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. And it was fun to watch them, uh, to like watch the videos and be kind of completely on the outside like this. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't happen. I mean, when I'm, yeah, like when you have people on BTS, that that doesn't happen too often. So it's, it's sort of like I get to just kind of be a fan as well. Like, yeah. yeah. To like just have that, have that perspective and just be like, looking for or just listening to it and laughing along like that is that's great i think that, that's got to be interesting right like that thing like when you watch somebody else do your job and you're you just get a kind of i mean when your job is entertainment you know like <laughs> like it, it's got to feel like when spielberg goes to see a nolan movie or you know when tarantino goes to see a john woo movie or something you know absolutely that's an interesting way to think of things. Yeah. So it's nice. You know, so like you don't have to be in the kitchen. It's like someone, someone cooking for you, right? Oh, like, that's <laughs> a really, that's the perfect example. When you're a professional chef and you get to watch it, especially because like different techniques and different, you know, oh, I normally make this this way, but they made it that way. Huh? Now I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we have a lot to cover. So I think let's just get right into the, uh, the videos this week. Uh, let's dive into this inside scoop. What's he building in there? Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is a true story. We have Monday's video. We'll start off with is Rick and Morty six by five final D Smith nation. Uh, this is a Jonathan and Danae script. This is a weird episode. Uh, yes, and I still haven't seen the episode, but <laughs> it, it was one of those things. Where as a fan, as watching the video. I was almost like, I'm really intrigued by the episode, but I'm almost more intrigued by only seeing the snippets here and there going out. Like, yeah. So fortune <laughs> cookies have actual realness to them now. 
but it's because they're alien poop. <laughs> like, <laughs> so there's a factory there of somebody harnessing alien poop and willing <laughs> things to be true. And he sends out a, a, a message that says that Jerry's going to have sex with his mom <laughs> in order to get him. <laughs> it's almost one of those, like, let's talk about the villain's plan. <laughs> like, <laughs> will it, giving him an Oedipus prophecy, I guess, is... <laughs> It is yeah, what leads him man. to freeing this captor. It's man, I I'm, I can only imagine the people that haven't seen this episode and haven't seen this sins video and are now hearing me trying to explain what this episode is. <laughs> like this one is very unique uh, for me because I've seen all of the other episodes this this, <laughs> this season of Rick and Morty, but I did not see this one. <laughs> and I was, when I, I was so caught off guard, like so early on in the Sins video, like when it started and like, yeah, where the show story went, like I was not prepared. I was not prepared for that. So I, I mean, but when I go back, I want to watch like the other episode, watch the actual episode this, this week sometime. Mm-hmm. But like it was just like it, hearing these things and then just hearing what the what the writers had to comment on them. It was a very surreal sort of video. So what did some of the writers have to say? Let's see what Jonathan. He said, I love how Danae noticed those slip on shoes and got an entire sin written about them. Danae always mm-hmm. notices little details that I seem to miss when I'm working on a script. And I'm grateful, especially when you're sending something as intentionally silly as Rick and Morty, it helps if we can up our silly game. Also, Danae clearly has an issue with animated buttons on shirts. This goes back to a <laughs> goes back to sending Family Guy. I don't know specifically what episode that's referring to, but I, I do love it when we see these sort of recurring sins where like that thing annoys me, and I am not I have not let that go, and it's just it's like <laughs> not only episodes later, but like. This is a completely different series. Many, many, many other since video have since videos have come and gone, but we are still upset about these buttons on this shirt. So that that is fun, and uh, I did enjoy that sin when it came up as well. And even the even the the slip on shoes one that that he's referring to, it was like just like frame by frame, like you realize there's just this little uh, like foot bar there that that the the animators did not have throughout the entire scene and like like it was almost like when you're playing a video game and like there's clearly something that's meant to be there but like it, the processing is just taking up too much and like or the the game release is broken because ea made it or something and so it's yeah. just one of those like where you know something is supposed to be there and then it's just not and then so it just kind of like flickers back and forth like it was gave me a uh, cyberpunk 24 <laughs> 2077 vibes uh jonathan also mentioned that the uh, Sherlock Holmes portion of the the intro during the opening credits. I wrote with Jonathan on. I think it was episode one of uh, season six, and we did we send it in that one, and then he he sent it again because it is such a such a tantalizing like Rick and Morty episode to have them do like a Sherlock and Watson and Sherlock and Watson thing, and it's like they they teased it out there, and it's like now I want it. And so it's like, are they going to do it this season, or is it just one of those like throwaway clips that they throw in the opening credits sometimes? On one hand, I'm almost like, I want all of these Rick and Morty things. But at the other time, I'm like, but the Rick and Morty original content is the stuff that really is the best. Like this, mm-hmm. this episode, right? Yeah, it's a 
really fun Sin, Sin's video to watch. There was the um, the two that I wrote down was um, fortune cookies are alien poop. Ladies and gentlemen, I would buy that on a shirt. And that is for sure a sin. <laughs> Which leads me to my rhetorical question. Uh, when are we going to get fortune cookies or aliens poop on a CinemaSins t-shirt? And the answer <laughs> is exactly what Aaron told me last week. Whenever it appears in the store. Yes. And then the other one I wrote down was just Rick makes a reference to Margaret Howe fucking a dolphin. And it, and it's just one of those where where you write like Aaron hacked. Aaron, as the narrator, has to react to something kind of in real time. And as previously stated on this podcast, Aaron is very good at walking you through his process via speech. So he's really good at like there. There's the insert of um, sound of like the, a keyboard typing, and then there's like a dolphin sound, and you can hear him throughout giving mm. his reactions to what he's singing, seeing, and it's just like, oh, and why are there pictures? It's it's great. Yeah, he does a he does a really good job with that. I I have to give him a lot of props with with all that stuff. Yeah, I had a very similar reaction to the um, the commercial sins video this week, um, <laughs> which we'll get there <laughs> again. Wow, wow, that that was a thing. Yeah, um, that's really all I had for the video. Is there other things you wanted to highlight? Let's see. Uh, the sins I liked there was. Uh, I think it was Rick says, okay, I just, I'm just as likely to shit a balloon as I am to become a dolphin. And it's just <laughs> things overheard at the D and D table while reviewing the chaos table calculations somehow make their way into the script. <laughs> and yeah, I just love those, like those like hypotheticals. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> I've never been at a D and D table where anyone has said that, but now I wish I was, I, that's what I, <laughs> hypotheticals, cause you're like, Oh yeah, that, that this is a great great comment right there D D is one of those things that i definitely don't have the time for but i want to hear of like the really ridiculous situations that people are in G- give me the highlights real like give me how like when they when they have an entire like game of football and they condense it down to like the six minutes of actual football that's played like give me that you know you just want the highlight reel yeah i just want the highlight reel but not of the like oh there was a really big power move like give me the stupid you know <laughs> <laughs> the low light reel the low light reel. <laughs> well, I think that should take us into Tuesday's video then. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, this is Chris and Ian writing on this. Boy, is this movie infuriating. But also, I've still, like, I've never liked a movie that infuriated me this much. Have you seen this one? Yes. Yes, I have. How, how do you consider your relationship to the MCU? I would say I'm not a hater. I would say casual fan. Uh, like, I wasn't that invested in the in the comic books, uh, in the Marvel comic books. Like I was, I th- like I was a casual fan of that. So I think my most of my experience is probably with the Spider Man, uh, the animated TV show, mm-hmm. and then like the like the X Men show that was like on Saturday morning cartoons. Like that that was sort of as much of that world as I kind of consumed when I was younger. And as the movies have gone, like y- you know. Yeah, I saw like the first Iron Man in the theater and I was like, yeah, this is a really fun movie. And I was on board with that. So, you know, as they've like come out, I, I mean, I watch them. Uh, I don't get too heated when I don't like them, but I do feel a certain amount of disappointment with, with a, a lot of the films as they come out. I can get into this movie if you want. This movie did disappoint me. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So I was a huge fanboy. All the way up until I think WandaVision would be the point that I would say, like, my fandom died off after that. Not because WandaVision, because I think WandaVision is excellent. 
um, but because everything after that has been pretty mediocre, except for I really like the Hawkeye show. I thought that one was really good. And Spider-Man No Way Home is not perfect, but it's really good. Because I love WandaVision so much, this movie infuriated me. I think I like the movie more than most people, but it is far from a home run. You said this movie really disappointed you. What What are some of the reasons oh, for that? I mean, yes, re- really disappointment might be strong, but it did disappoint me. I don't think that his character has found its footing as to what or who Doctor Strange is in this universe. Hmm. Or his character and like his character storyline has very much been like a plot device and not ever really landed as like they've done with like Tony Stark, Steve Rogers and, and Spider-Man. And like, they don't know how to differentiate that character properly in a way that sort of defined him. And it, it feels a bit like that even his own movie treats him a bit as a, a I'm not going to say like a secondary character, but like, I feel like, he needs to be cooler in this movie than he is. <laughs> That's a really good way to phrase it. Yeah. I think the thing that I think about when I think of you're talking about Dr. Strange progressing in the MCU is yeah. more than any other character. We have to assume so much of his growth and development off screen because yes. to get from his very origins as a complete novice from Dr. Strange to where he is in infinity war is a huge leap. And then to, to get from Endgame to this even, I mean, there's so much knowledge to obtain from the, in the sorcery world. And, you know, not only that, but he is like second in command to Wong, you know, we have to assume so much about his progression. So yeah. I mentioned that um, this movie really disappointed me because I loved WandaVision so much. And it just seems like this movie is so uninterested in what WandaVision has to say and do because... WandaVision was this really interesting character development piece, character study piece on really, really grief, specifically in Wanda's life. And I thought it was it had a lot of meaningful things to say, and it was really emotional and engaging and thrilling and intellectual, probably minus the finale, which is just kind of a big CG fight. But um, (laughs) as Deadpool puts it, (laughs) but it wound up being something that I thought was remarkably fresh for the MCU by the end of it. You'd like, I, I feel like we had reached a resolution to where now I was like, okay, Wanda's the Scarlet witch now and she can do her thing now. But then it's just like, they revert all of her getting over her grief immediately in the beginning of, of multiverse of madness by saying she's trying to kill this teenage girl because she can steal kids from another universe. It's like, that's, that's not the Wanda I just spent time with in WandaVision. Like, yeah, yeah. And Ian, who wrote on this movie, seems or on this Sims video, seems to have the same thoughts. He says, uh, I often complain that Marvel doesn't allow their directors to put enough of their own personality into their movies, but I will no longer complain about this. This movie is super Sam Raimi, and some people will love it for exactly that reason, which is cool. But for me, it was just all on the surface, creepy set pieces, gore, demon capes, and all cool to look at. But this story pissed me off. It completely screws WandaVision. It makes Wanda the character irredeemable and has more logical fallacies than a flat Earth, flat earth convention held in orbit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was that not in the video? Because that <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just in the email, uh, <laughs> which is great. Um, and that's like here's the other thing for me too is I think Sam Raimi was a really interesting choice to go with, and I was so. 
bittersweet when they announced him because I I adore Scott Derrickson and his work. Um, talked about it a couple of weeks ago on the Black Phone. Um, and I really like what he did with the first Doctor Strange. And I was really excited mm-hmm. to see him progress that and go further. But then it was announced he was leaving. And I'm like, oh, but then they announced Sam Raimi. And it's like, but how can you be mad? Like, he's the one person they could pick that I would still be excited. So Ian also goes on to say, for more thoughts and sin-specific stuff, you can join the Sin Club on Patreon, uh, where Ian, Chris, and Aaron Dicer did a 60-minute Sinmentary on this video. So. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a, that's a lot of fun. I think if anyone wanting more behind the scenes into the thought of the writers on this one should definitely check that one out. I have one more thought that I want to get out because this is my gripe on this and I want to want to get it out into this universe, never mind the multiverse. Um, <laughs> and, and it is basically the title of this movie is what I think for me did it in is it's called the multiverse of madness. And in terms of like titles and words, I think that 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 title is a great title, but it, I think it also uh, creates a scope and like expectation for me that was not met. There were yes. there was multiverse play in this in this movie, but not necessarily something that like no one else is doing at this point. So a multiverse of madness is a much bigger film than this felt like to me. Like yes, like I want to see many universes. And I want to see things go off the rails. I don't want to see them splash through several multiverses in one scene. Like you can show me a lot of the the all the crazy sorcery and stuff. Yeah, that's it. But like none of that is a multiverse of madness. That's one used universe of craziness, and then a quick glimpse at the multiverse. And no, that is how I my main gripe with the movie you're right it was it was very mild for being called multiverse of madness do you want me to uh talk about uh what uh, chris sent me chris is yeah let's do that he said that i went into this movie liking my first viewing of it and then coming out of the sins process only liking parts of the movie he also says ian went in disliking slash hating it and continued hating it So, yeah, he said the biggest issue is it took uh, the Disney Plus series WandaVision and basically killed all the character growth from the show to make Wanda the villain. They picked up on that a bunch in the in the video. But uh, one of his biggest issues with the plot of the movie is how it's trying to make you think there's some other big bad out there while it stalls to reveal Wanda is the, the true villain. Her method is to possess demons from other universes to track down America and it leads to a lot of questions as to how Wanda can possess demons in other universes, but can't simply travel to them on her own. And the movie's excuse for not revealing Wanda sooner is because she was showing mercy, which is never explained whatsoever. Uh, Chris's favorite bits, uh, Ian's take on what it's like to be shown all the different actors playing familiar heroes only to see them die horribly. He said, I also love the fact that Ian wrote a hypothetical sin about Marvel and Sam Raimi having a conflict about how much Raimi was going into the movie when Strange calls on the demons on the mountaintop so he can fly. And then Chris uh, wrote a, a, a sin that followed that, wrote an immediate sin removal about Strange using all those demons as bat wings right after that observation. So he liked the uh, the interplay of <laughs> the sinning and then the, uh, the unsinning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For the same thing. 
into the sins video there's uh, there's a sin late in the movie that uh, says I'm adding 100 sins for all the way this movie wants to play in a multiverse without being limited by what it, that actually means I thought that was perfectly encapsulating kind of a lot of what we've been talking about the premise of the movie alone speaks open-mindedness but this movie is so narrow-sided that it actually like limits what what is saying the uh reflections oh the uh mm, yes the lead-in on the sin is reflections she's using the reflections and then the sin is she's what she's fucking what 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 does that even mean <laughs> so because he trapped her in a hall of mirrors he's able to things and <laughs> but that just i mean it, it makes you laugh yeah it just highlights the uh the, yeah. the fact that we don't understand how anything works and it doesn't seem like the characters understand how anything works. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Imagination. Yeah. How does it work? Which is also <laughs> a sin that I wrote. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I guess the day after tomorrow I forgot to take the morning after pill and it had a conception with inception, which was just, uh, uh, it, it, that was just based on the visuals on, on screen of, I forget what, which uh, multiverse that was in, but it was just, it, there was like this sort of uh, apocalyptic winterscape thing going on. And like, it, and then I had the last one I had here was now they all throw rocks at Wong one by one, instead of throwing multiple rocks and where the fuck is the mm-hmm. Scarlet witch? She's at home washing her tights, <laughs> 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 which I, <laughs> the, the whole washing, <laughs> washing the tights thing was from uh, as a uh, Jack Nicholson, as a, as the Joker, and I just love the way Jeremy did, nailed the delivery on that. Just made me crack up hilariously. Uh, I remember asking about that. I think the first episode, because I was like, well, "That's a reference. I don't get it. What is it?" <laughs> the, the, one of the other sins I point out, and it's a, it's another really stupid thing uh, that this this movie does, uh, because in theory it should be a really cool Easter egg, but they label our MCU Earth six one six, which in the comics. Earth 616 is the canon world. So like the canon, like modern mainstream world. And the MCU does not follow the comics entirely. Like they, they definitely do some things, but for example, like there's no run where the Mandarin is, you know, a, a fake person, a personification, you know, an actor, you know, they, they don't ever do stuff like that. Or like, Civil War is a lot more complicated over dif- different issues, and there's tons of, of differences. Uh, you know, there's tons of characters that haven't been introduced for pivotal story arcs, um, and may not for upcoming future pivotal story arcs. So, what a really great opportunity for you to just label this Earth as any other Earth. Um, but what are they going to yeah. do? Call it 616. And it's a fun Easter egg, but it's a stupid Easter egg. Yeah, especially since how well you think it would could serve like their broader interests to not use that, like to just like give the MCU so much more room to breathe. Yeah, it was a weird. Um, the only other sin that I wrote down was the um, so I wrote using the Christmas toys as a metaphor for the Illuminati scene. And it's it's when there's they're revealing everybody and the narrator is just like, I can still hear the cheers in the theater. And I think this will be remembered as like the worst Christmas ever. Imagine you getting every single present on your list, even the limited edition ones and the ones that no one else liked or the ones that were murdered by Famke Jensen and resurrected by by Ryan Singer. (laughs) All of them you get to play with for a while. But the next day, your parents hide all the presents in the basement and don't tell you that you're not able to play with next when you're when you're next able to play with. them. Yeah. 
And yeah. it's just like one of those, like, look, I, I think it's a fun touch. I don't think they're going to cast John Krasinski as uh, Reed Richards in Fantastic Four. No, do I really think I want that anymore? Maybe 10 years ago. Um, but it's it's just one of those really fun things. What a perfect metaphor. It's just like you opening present, presents on Christmas Day and your parents take them away <laughs> the next morning. Yoink. And I wrote down the Ghost of Christmas multiverse because that was, that slayed me. <laughs> Uh, that'll take us to Wednesday's video then, House of the Dragon, uh, episode 5, finally. Um, this is Ian and Mystery Writer writing. Yeah, there's a new writer on this one. That's uh, that's kind of all I can say. <laughs> Just Mystery Writer, that's it. We're leaving it at that. Um, I, I can confirm one thing for you. I am not Mystery Writer. So this isn't like a clever coy or anything. Mystery Writer and Ian on the script. Ian starts off by saying, Sigh. Kristen loves Renera. Kristen hates Renera. Bye bye, Otto. One of the few people holding my attention. Wedding insults, wedding incest, wedding bloodbath. Episode ends on a pretty high, cl- uh, a pretty intense cliffhanger, but then the damn 10 year time jump undermines everything. Are you keeping up with the show at all? Uh, yeah, I'm all the way. I've finished, I, I've seen all the episodes. Was it out of choice or out of work related? <laughs> uh, it was choice. I, I was generally interested in the storyline. I, I, personally feel like there are some things that i really liked about the the series and i think that i watching all the episodes i kind of get the story that they wanted to tell and i mean the story that they did tell but i don't entirely agree with how they told it i think there there was ways to do it better and to do it more effectively yeah that i'd say that's how i i overall feel about the uh, about the season but yeah, the end of this episode is where we get the 10 year time jump um, into the future. And it's, I am eagerly anticipating the opening of, of episode six's Sins video because it's just going to be the narrator barking on about it. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> it's so jarring. And it's, I don't need to say anymore. I've harped on it enough as we've gone through the season. I have like w- one thing that I think w- almost is what I would consider a simple change in terms of the writing that would have made it a lot better is if each episode felt more complete on its own and it didn't rely upon the story continuing. Let's see. Some of the sins I had down was, um, um, I just like this one because the first half of it is riding off into the rain with your hood down. You have a hood auto, but the punchline for this one is no wonder you're not the hand anymore. just like if you're already making this one stupid decision no wonder we're gonna put you not like, like not that you'd be in charge of a country anymore or a nation whatever like, how, how can we realm. trust you with anything <laughs> um and then uh food is a metaphor for sexuality cliche which is needlessly confusing my stomach boner. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite sin. i'm gonna give the cake for sin of the week to this one um, lamenting the peaceful times when you're living and ru- that you're living and ruling through because you want people to sing a cool song about when you're not living about you when you're not living or ruling. Uh, yeah. What is what a stupid thing, bro? Oh, you are a peaceful king. You are king in a violent nation in a peaceful time, and you've managed to keep the peace. And you're sad that people won't sing songs about you in the peace. What a stupid thing. Sin of the week, right there. That's the one. <laughs> not not RSVPing the pre-wedding pre-wedding wedding dinner and call me woke, but I'm gonna sin the incest and murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Amazing. Just, 
controversial standpoint on that one. I don't know how many of them were written by Mystery Writer, but this is a really good video. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. What are some of the ones that you had written down? Okay, so this is uh, from the, the the end at the dinner. I think all of mine might be from there. But uh, <laughs> the sin goes, oh, fuck you and the poorly paced dragon you lacklusterly flew in on. I will be so mad if the show is telling us that Joffrey has figured out Cole is Rhaenyra's love interest from this look alone. Not a fucking chance. That's the least believable thing the universe has expected me to swallow. And that's including zombies, witches, and the fact that season eight was designed to be watched in a theater. <laughs> <laughs> yep uh, yeah i love that it eventually got to that season eight dig and uh-huh. it was uh it was unexpected i thought that was fun um ian's favorite sin from the video is um viserys is like i think i would do well in battle and then the narrator just says sure says the man currently dying from a case of sitting in a chair <laughs> Uh, and I have a post-credit or a behind-the-scenes fact also coming from me. And he says, uh, the very first back-to-back sin I nearly cut because I was almost worried it was too trolly. This was explaining that the show tries uh, to women first and that um, Sir Gerald was being patronizing. Followed immediately by the narrator. narrate splaining. That's a new vocabulary for the for the team. narrate splaining that the creatures hanging from her horse were grouse. And not the deer she'd been planning on. Danae okayed it, so let's blame her if there's outrage. <laughs> uh, other stuff from the video? Oh, the, again, just that. The, I would say, like, I love the outtakes. That's honestly one of my favorite parts of the videos. Um, there was a Monty Python one where, um, mm-hmm. I forget, D- Damon's wife was laying on the ground. And she's just like, I'm not dead. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> just... It's one of those I felt so bad laughing like based on the situation, but just like the the like laying that overdub on that was hilarious. And then there's there's some other great ones. There's from Toy Story, uh, the TV show Shit's Creek, Black Adder, mm-hmm. which I've never seen, but I've heard some things about. So that's definitely something that I want to take a take a watch sometime. Mm-hmm. So it's all, cool. all good stuff there. Yeah, great, great video uh, put together by the team. Uh, good job, Mystery Rider. Uh, moving forward, this will take us to Thursday's video. Uh, the Dog is the film. Uh, Daniel, this one's going to take the cake for me. Uh, it's a Jeremy Nian script, by the way. It's going to take the cake for Sin's video of the week for me. I was grinning and chuckling and smiling the whole 20 minutes. It was great. Uh, I haven't seen the movie, though, and we were talking a little bit about it earlier. You haven't seen it, correct? Uh, no, I have not. I was uh, vaguely aware of its existence. I will say I've see, I saw a movie poster for it, <laughs> but that's about that's about all I had known. So <laughs> to me, like I mean, from watching this video, it seems like a very different movie. But I, but the funny thing is, like this, like the like the sins we wrote on and everything made me more interested in actually watching the movie because like it just seems like the like the like some of the the choices and like where where the story starts and where it goes just seem just unexpected so yeah it, it piqued my curiosity so i i'm i'm going to i put the movie on my list because of the sense video <laughs> <laughs> and i'm next time i'm on i might be like that's the best movie i've ever seen in my life <laughs> <laughs> i remember this movie came out like in february i think and i remember thinking it looks kind of charming and i'm really interested in seeing it because the trailer like presented it as if it was going to be this like heartfelt 
with some good comedic elements in it, cross country road trip of essentially a version of Logan, right? Because Logan is this bitter, gruff old mm. man that has to take this young wild card on a road trip and they're going to wind up bonding along the way. Like, and it's, and it seems like, Oh, it's for a pretty noble purpose. Right. So it's just like, all right, cool. I'm in. And it's also co-directed by Channing Tatum. And I was like, sure. Why not? Seeing the video made me see that it looks like the movie that was marketed was more like, um, like a slightly more comedic, something like Logan. And it almost seems like we got a slightly more dramatic Euro trip. Like, (laughs) Slightly more dramatic Euro trip. Because, like, there's all these sins that are pointing out, like, um, like the one that really, like, either Jeremy or or Ian or both of them just decided that this Channing Tatum character is the most irredeemable guy. And it really clicked for me because there's the moment where he comes to base and they're like, this idea is expired. And he's a total dick to the gate guard. And it's just yeah. like, he's doing his job. Like, the narrator says he's doing his job, but also, like, He's doing his job, which is national security for an army base. Like, like he's, he's not doing his job, whatever the most meaningless job you can think of is. And the character, I mean, like, uh, yeah, Shane Tatum's character, like, he seems like he should be someone that respects the job that that person's trying to do. You don't understand exactly why he's being a dick other than this is seen as to show us that he's a bit of a dick. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I gathered from that. Um, I, I promise I didn't read Ian's notes before, um, speaking here. So I'm looking at him now. He, he, his first note is Sai Sai. Um, so we got one Sai for House of the Dragon and two for Dog. His next note, and I'm reading this literally. Do I think the move, this movie has an important message to share about how we treat our veterans? Yes. Yes, I do. Do I think it's best served by a Eurotrip style jaunt where Channing Tatum is an absolute dog abusing, womanizing, blind impersonating Chad? No, I do not. No, I do fucking not. <laughs> we both compared this movie to Eurotrip. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And also the fact that he called him a Chad in this movie. <laughs> For me, it just felt like the movie thought it could get away with anything because in the end, everything turns out great. It's just so lazy and just not funny. Overall, I think it's safe to say this will not be making my 500 films of the year. (laughs) And Ian quoted two sins that I think, again, part of the reason why this was my favorite sins video of the week. I will get to them in a little bit. But what are some things that you wanted to start with? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't have so much to say with this one. Okay. But uh, Jeremy did send in some notes. So uh, let's see what he has to say. Uh, So Dog tries to be Middle East war veteran with PTSD as well as being man bonds with difficult dog as well as comedy about a man and a dog and a road trip. It's all over the place tonally. There's also a lot of ignorance and disrespect to wounded veterans, service animals, and mental health. Says at one point, Tatum's character pretends to be blind, acting like the military dog is a seeing eye dog, so he can get comp the best suite in the hotel. But in the same scene, the dog sees a dude in Middle Eastern wear and gets triggered, attacking the guy. So it gets mm-hmm. all serious and violent. But then Tatum officially excuses the dog's behavior and says the dog isn't racist or or whatever. So <laughs> fair. <laughs> 
He goes on to say, so no one who truly respects veterans or service dogs was involved in making this movie. The main character drugs the dog to go chase women, and then he cages the dog to go to a shooting range. He says, even if the viewer is not offended by the bad representation, I think the tonal shifting of this film makes it super cynical. The movie also gives the finger to basic geography and good travel planning. Mm-hmm. After that, he says, but I've probably said enough. Yeah, that that seems to be what they what they captured in the in the video as well. Yeah. A lot of that. Yeah. Uh the two sins that uh that Ian pointed out that I had written down, brilliant. Ian says, My favorite sin by far was also the most twist my most twisted. Channing Tatum is chopping wood, and then the narrator says, We now bring you to thirty straight seconds of Channing Tatum chopping wood. My buddy said this movie would have me reaching for tissues, but I didn't think it would be quite so soon. <laughs> it's a lot of depth on that one (laughs) and if anyone out there doesn't get it uh, ask your friends to explain it for you (laughs) and then literally the next scene I have written down Ian says also but also stuffing pills in your wiener in the hope that it will put your bitch to sleep (laughs) my goodness Uh. the things we write that could be taken entirely out of context. <laughs> I think even in context, that's a, it's <laughs> it's aggressive. <laughs> There's also a really great sin later about how like the dog has like favorite episodes of Grey's Anatomy, and then the narrator gets starts sinning the Grey's Anatomy episode. Yeah. But yeah. then the narrator is also like, I can't believe I'm more invested in this episode of Grey's Anatomy than I am the movie that this episode of Grey's Anatomy is in. I love that. I love that. It's like some inception of, of, of sinning. That's like a we're TV sinning and cinema sinning at the same time. On that. uh-huh. That's great. The other two I had written down were um, surely, sure he hates his job, but I would still question what type of cucumbers and peppers this discount subway is using if they look even remotely similar enough to be confused with one another. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't eat at that sandwich shop. And um, <laughs> if this fucking adorable ass dog dies in this movie, I am taking its registration number of 77,309,206 and adding that, that many sins to the final tally. Don't fuck with me, movie. I'm almost sad that we didn't get to see that. Because I would love to see this encounter reach 18 million. That would be hilarious to me. Uh, anything else you wanted to point from this video? I forget what, what character. I think the character's name is Jones or something. Uh, it says to our protagonist, get get home safe. That's an order. Then when the, the character's uh, inebriated, but he says, are you gonna really going to give that order and then drive away? I feel like everybody failed everybody here. And I just thought that that was that was funny because he's like, you get home safe, but I'm not going to do anything about helping you do that. What was the point of even telling him that? Like, oh, man. Oh. Like this was wild. Like, yeah, once again, our protagonist, he says about the dog in the film says, how about I disappear her ass? You make the call and we both go on with our lives. And the sin is. This is a fucking dickhead suggestion that I honestly can't believe Briggs is making. This dog has been through just as much as any human ranger and wasn't even given a choice in the matter. And he wants to disappear her ass as a thank Mm. you for her service. Are we rooting for this guy? And yeah, that's that's a good, good question. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know why they wanted to make him that reprehensible that early, but so be it. 
And then uh, <laughs> the, the sin is he's clearing his chakra with the sex healers so he can have a threesome with them. And now this movie is road trip or some shit <laughs> nearly <laughs> one third in. And it's all over the top. Big swings at bad comedy mm. and the road trip. Uh, we reference Euro trip. Yeah, uh-huh. definitely was playing with that, those sort of that genre, I guess. I have fond memories of both of those movies, but I'm not sure I would like them if I watched them today. <laughs> and, and they definitely don't fit in the context of this film. Right. They shouldn't They shouldn't be able to be compared to this film about, <laughs> about a disabled veteran taking a PTSD-stricken dog cross-country to attend his past handler's funeral. Like, <laughs> should not be able to compare that to... Teenage boy flies to Europe to get laid. <laughs> no, no, you should not. The final scene I had was the lead in is it's war. It's not all unicorns and rainbow vaginas out there. The sin is I don't even think the movie knows what the fuck that means. <laughs> <laughs> That'll take us to Friday's video. Uh, commercial sins. Floam. The thing that you totally forgot existed, and then it shows up again, and you're like, whoa. I never owned Flome, but I do remember seeing these ads. <laughs> did, you, did you have a similar experience? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we know this, like, I, I vaguely remember that this product existed because of this commercial. I don't know anyone that had Flome, or if they sold any units whatsoever. But I do, I do remember this cartoon or nice cart. This commercial showing up probably while I was watching cartoons or something. The commercial did not age well. I'll tell you that it doesn't make Flom look really that much fun at all. I don't, I don't, I don't think. No, but then I was wondering, like, oh shoot, like, did they just open the door for infomercials? Are we gonna get ShamWow soon? And now I'm just hoping for ShamWow soon. So put that in your suggestion box. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's banked, written down, noted. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll I just, submit I just, it to the committee for review. The the one I mostly wanted to um, to to notice was there was a really really great Sinister reference in here. I know I mentioned my love for Scott Derrickson earlier in this podcast, and um, I think Sinister is one of the best horror films released in the last while. Um, I really love Sinister. I just wrote, I get the Sinister reference in the notes because there's there's a thing about the moving truck being unloaded and he's just like, none of none of the phloem actually takes effect. And in the meantime, you're just watching videos labeled pool party, barbecue, lawn work, and sleepy time, which are Sinister reels and okay. some of the most disturbing things I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen Sinister. I just wanted to to let the writer know that I get that reference. Speaking of which, um, you said Chris had some notes uh, about the Flome video. Yes, yes. Chris says, uh, this is a script got from a new writer. And while I like the stuff the person wrote after watching the commercial, I decided it needed even more. So uh, it said that his main contribution to the Flome commercial is all the stuff talking about the skull the skull they briefly show in the middle of a bunch of fantastic things you can use Flom on. He ran, said, uh, ran with about three jokes on that alone, along with all the dishonest stuff where they show a bland world with no color correction in a pre-Flom world and sudden bright colors in a post-Flom world. And yes, the juvenile first sin about your mom. And <laughs> that was that was Chris. 
<laughs> and oh, here you go. He said that he loved making the sinister reference. Yeah. So there you go. Good job, Chris. Uh, went on a little bit more to say this is also a pretty old school video in that we cut to clips from other movies to make observations. One from The Shining, another one from A Few Good Men. I'm unsure if we ever did that in uh, CinemaSins video before, but we used to put uh, what we know as outtakes in the main Sins body. So that's uh, how those function here. Uh, of the stuff that he enjoyed in the script before he made additions, he liked uh, talking about Big Flome trying to make the uh, clay industry look bad and bullies that will obviously beat you up if you flaunt this stuff in public. <laughs> The only other one I had written was uh, let's ruin this T-Rex model with realistic bone structure and articulation and just flome it straight to hell because yeah. <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> like a skeleton of a di- dinosaur is awesome. Why would you put flome on it? <laughs> Idiot kids. Sin is always his kids. Uh, did you have anything to note about the flome video? Oh, I, I'm missing what the lead in was here. But uh, the sin ends up being, uh, you know, if your school gymnasium looks like the waiting room at your local dentist's office, because like they all the kids are like cheering like as a like a rally or a, a, what do you call it? Assembly or something. But mm-hmm. like it's all done in, with like a really like tight close up. And it's like but the little bit you do see in the background is just like a room. So it's. <laughs> Is a bit. They attempted some clever editing, but it still wasn't enough to sell what they were trying to sell. And then uh, the other one I really liked was uh, the commercial says, "Make costume masks," and they that's when we, they played the video from a few good men, and it just it just says, "Is there another kind?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That'll take us to Saturday's video. Then this is the recent. Um, it is the Dark Knight. I know there was a error in uploading. Um, we're talking about the dark night this week. Uh, Chris and Jeremy wrote on this script. Uh, this was a fun one to, to, to see, especially cause I talked with, uh, Jeremy while, um, when the Batman v- begins video came out, uh, we talked a little bit about MCU stuff, but, uh, it's really hard not to love this movie. Right, Daniel? Yeah. Uh, it is. I don't know how anyone could not like this movie. Uh, I, I don't, I don't see it as a possibility. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just amazing. Great. It gets but, so many things yeah. right, and it's more than a beat 'em up superhero superhero movie. It really feels like a different level comic book movie. But I I stand by what I said when Jeremy was on. Batman Begins is my favorite of the trilogy because specifically of the the style. Like I think they're both ten out of tens, but the the style of shooting um, shooting Batman Begins kind of like a horror movie. Whenever Batman's fighting is remarkably clever and really sets that movie apart so let's see there's uh i loved the very first sin is uh is they sin however many seconds of logos there's actually like a little bit of behind the sins information in a video because they go on to explain like we had this in the original video but, but because we were trying to make them so short we wound up cutting it cutting it uh but the sin here is is because I, chris had to assemble eight reels of the dark Knight, uh, and to make sure that they were going to run smoothly with audio he had to sit through the commercials every time and it was like 50 seconds of commercials or whatever or logos at the beginning so that's the reason why the sin is there in case you've never thought about it or in case you were just like wondering why they did it or that's that's the reason <laughs> so which i thought was 
was clever and fun. I think they mentioned that on some of the shows beforehand, but that was a really nice treat to to put into that video. Um, well, in like out of how look, nine million YouTube subscribers to the CinemaSins main channel, I I I don't actually have access to the stats for the show. I, you got to think even before there was a fan hosting it, you know, even when it was the Sins team hosting it, h- how few people are are listening to this podcast. So, uh, in terms of the relative scale of again nine point one nine, I think million YouTube subscribers. So. It's nice to sneak in some behind the scenes information, especially on the running jokes, into the videos proper. I like that. A contender for Sin of the Week for me is uh, Heath Ledger is attracted to a Gyllenhaal cliche. (laughs) 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 And and then there's the... I didn't write down a lot of sins for this one, actually. um, But I did really like the video. Um, (laughs) They're they're talking about... Alfred's telling a war story, and then... um, and I think it was like a while, like a little bit of time had passed and Bruce just goes, Hey Alfred, how did you catch the guy? And he said, we burned down the forest. And, and as soon as you burned down a forest to keep a guy from stealing. <laughs> yeah. So you don't realize it, but Alfred is the worst villain of, uh, of this movie. <laughs> oh. uh, now I'm just trying to think of like, an origin story where Poison Ivy comes after Alfred and his squad. <laughs> oh, um, I have one more, but I want to save it for a little bit. Uh, did you, what were some of the stuff that you noted about this movie? I have a few notes that, uh, that Chris had sent me about this. I, I'd like to get, just go with those first. He talks about uh, the, uh, what we were talking about that, that, that first in there. He says, one of the more memorable moments in our history was doing the dark Knight, not just because it's one of our biggest movies of all time, but when, we did it, we were still unsure about how long our videos could go. This was going to be the first video ever that had uh, this many seconds of logos in, which we talk about in the recent video, but it got removed for time. He goes on to say, uh, but I enjoyed doing the the redo on this because it allowed me to write an enormously long sin about my personal history with this movie from uh, projectionist to sinner. The hilarious thing for me looking back on the original video was how we wrote a sin about Batman knows who this uh, Thomas Schiff is. And then he, uh, Chris talks about the comments where uh, mostly things like Batman knows who everyone in Arkham Asylum is. He said that it was curious that so many people had thought that Thomas Schiff was the scarecrow who was actually uh, played by Celia Murphy, which uh, I mean, they look kind of similar. Those, but. Kind of, but yeah, so Chris said he said, I remember playing a bit of a whack-a-mole with those comments back in the day. But one of uh, Jeremy's highlights says, as as Batman pretends to be dead for Joker, who is pretending he doesn't want to be get arrested by a Gordon who's pretending to be dead, I'd just like to remind you that I'm pretending this makes sense. <laughs> that was actually one of my favorite sins as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had yeah. That, that written down. Jeremy says, for me, I loved looking into how Lau got all the money from those gangster-run banks without anyone noticing, just so he could spring the surprise on them later to tell them he could keep it safe for them. These are details missing from the narrative. He says, also, picking apart Alfred's story about a thief in the jungle who just wanted to watch the world burn. The guy was just a thief, but they burned the whole jungle to stop him from stealing. 
I had one video that I had a, a question about, and it was, or one sin that I question about, and I got an answer from Jeremy. Uh, it says, the sin is, I can't believe I let a kid in sixth grade take all my Transformers in exchange for a single valuable beanie, ba- beanie baby. So I said, whose story is this? Uh, I said, uh, real story. If so, who made that trade? Why? What was the beanie baby? <laughs> so guys, just trust me. I'm asking the right questions here. <laughs> Jeremy says the story is mostly fictional, I'm afraid. I did feel enormously pressured to sell my Transformers in a garage sale because I was too old for them now, in quotes. And it was only 10 or 15 years later that they were really valuable. So I took a kernel of truth and spun it into a Beanie Baby disc. And then in parentheses, some folks went bankrupt on those things. So... Have some of my favorites written down here too. We can take a look yep. at those. So there's the scene where the Joker uh, crashes the party, and uh, Bruce Wayne runs off to get his costume on. And the sin is, it's kind of funny thinking about Bruce having to stop halfway through getting the bat suit on to put an inch of eye black around both eyes. Uh huh. Because like there's a real close up, and like you see, you see that the like the darkness around his eyes, and it's like yeah, he had to he. He was like, everyone's in trouble, but I got to make sure I get this costume right. So <laughs> that <laughs> he's got his got priorities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there is the scene where Batman's uh, riding the bat pod and like he blasts through some cars. And like in that shot, he, he drives past his car and the, like the shot is from the inside. And there's a bunch of kids that are like amazed to see this thing happen. And the sin is uh, there's a parallel universe where Batman accidentally kills these kids. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like like he didn't he didn't see what was on the other side of that car and what was on the other side of that car was a car with a family in it uh-huh. <laughs> and he was very close to to doing some really bad stuff there mm-hmm. i was just thinking about this it made me laugh just thinking about it but as uh, i forget who the character is but he's in the interrogation room with the joker and he's living left alone there and the joker says do you want to know why i use a knife and then it's then just nope. And then it's like duct tapes Joker's mouth shut. The end. And it's just like <laughs> how much of the Joker's plan just stops right there if that happens. That'll do it for this week's content. Uh, so we'll move on to our new segment behind the sinner. So tell me about yourself. We're all sinners. Every one of us. And what happens to sinners? Get to know each other better, you know? See, Daddy? Sinners have soul, too. The information! It's too much! Walk away, March. Just walk away. We're on round two, as uh, we've been going through the last couple episodes. Um, so, Nick asked this question. I'm asking all the writers this. Is there a previously released Sins video that you really wish you could have worked on? I really would have liked to have worked on Cloud Atlas. Hmm. Partly because... There are a lot of issues that I have with that movie, but also because I really, really like that movie. Like, <laughs> I know it's it's one of those that that, that there are divisive opinions about, but I, I watched it twice in the movie theater. Like, I really enjoyed Cloud Atlas. But at the same time, I'm also very critical of it because of, like, how much I liked it. Uh, so, sure. like, there, I, I think that that might have been a fun one to do if I had the opportunity. So the next question is what's a sins video that you are glad you didn't have to write on or a film that you hope you don't get scheduled on if it ever gets made? Yeah. Uh, Midsummer. Mm. Just because I've watched that movie and very few movies have gotten under my skin in the way that that one did. I wouldn't want to spend like the amount of time with it, like, like that much time focused 
like on it and like in in the in the in the world of that that it created yeah yeah i just i don't i wouldn't i wouldn't have enjoyed that so i'm glad i didn't do that one sure uh and then i have a quick game of three sins and a lie so daniel i have two options for you um so the way this will work if you're new to the show i have four sins written down from a sins video but only three of them are in the video one of them is made up by joseph who's been writing these down so um i have your options are the sins video for draft day or 2012 let's go with draft day okay Sins team is 0 for 2 so far by the way so chance to chance to get you guys in that win column daniel here we go sin number one an entire website in 2014 and that's not a red flag it's a pr nightmare at minimum sin number two also, also, he threw 24 touchdowns in the first five games of his junior year and 42 touchdowns in his senior year, which is 66 touchdowns. However, he has 55 career touchdowns, which means somehow he threw negative 11 touchdowns during the last seven games of his junior junior year, including against Tennessee Tech. Not only that, but for him to have a 65% completion rating, he'd need to have thrown like 36% in that same stretch. Either the person who compiled this scout report needs to be fired or Bo Callahan is a historically bad prospect. Okay. Okay. So number two, three, (laughs) I understand why they made Ali this tough as nails executive, but she mentioned Ali. Wow. (laughs) It's spelled Ali. Sin number three, I understand why they made Ali this tough as nails executive, but she mentioned several times that she loves football and dedicated her whole life for it. So it's weird that she's this cold about the team getting the first pick or even the game itself, even if she's just trying to end her conversation with Coach Penn early. The salary cap is what excites her, which is arguably something that ruined the NFL. And sim number four is Buffalo Stadium isn't littered with dildos in this scene. (laughs) I wish that I could tell if that I wish I knew like if there was lead ins to any of these or what the lead ins would be, because that Mm. would definitely be be helpful. It would be. (laughs) That's a good note. I'm between three and four. Mostly because I don't know why I don't know where that last one came from. I'm going to pick three. I'm going to pick three as the not genuine one. Three is genuine in the script. Mm, Um, The one (laughs) is sin number two, the also also, and then all the stats, and he somehow throws negative 11 touchdowns. The key is that Joseph, who is a big Tennessee fan, mentions including Tennessee Tech, I think is a a key that could give it away if Uh, you are familiar with Joseph. And one final thing before we move on to Beyond the Sins. Uh, Dana, do you have any, like, special holiday plans? Like, did you do anything for Halloween? Or, like, do you have, like, a special thing that you do leading up to Thanksgiving or Christmas? Just, like, get, uh, gatherings. Um, yeah, I had a friend through, uh, through a Halloween party over over that weekend. And uh, I, I went uh, dressed up as um, Laszlo from What We Do in the Shadows. Nice. Yeah. That's one of my favorite does. characters. That was that was fun. It's a lot harder to speak in vampire teeth than I than I had thought. But but yeah, so that that was fun. But I mean, it was pretty low key. Thanksgiving is some family gatherings. Nothing too formal. I don't have to do any like traveling. It's all staying staying mostly local. 
and uh, it'd probably be the, probably be the same during same during Christmas. How about yourself? I went to a college that we um, we started celebrating Christmas at twelve oh one a.m. on November first, and I, I know a lot of people are like that's excessive, and let me tell you why it's not. <laughs> um, look, in the context of college, you, we were done with school by like December thirteenth. So if we waited until after Thanksgiving break to start celebrating Christmas, you get like a week and a half to celebrate Christmas with people. And I'm sorry, but Christmas deserves to be celebrated for more than a week and a half. And especially I went to a Bible college. So Christmas means something on another level for me. But even Christmas at its most pagan, I guess, would be the right way to like phrase it, the like secular way. Uh, of mm-hmm. just Santa Claus and presents and snow and in general joy and happiness deserves to be celebrated for more than a week and a half. So, so we would decorate, we'd spend Halloween night, we would decorate our dorms, we'd put wrapping paper on our doors and we would be like putting fake snow on the windows and things like that. And, uh, and then we would practice caroling and at, tw- and at 1201, um, we would go caroling on every floor in the dorms and then we'd go caroling at the girls dorm as well. And, oh, wow. Half the campus hated us and half the campus adored us. It was it was a, it was an even split. And then we would be playing Christmas music like out the the windows of the bathroom for most of the rest of the semester. Yeah, I can appreciate that. That sounds cool. Yeah. It, again, like some people hate it. Some people don't like some people are like they're already decorating for Christmas. They already put the tree up like look, we still celebrate Thanksgiving. But again, like in terms of the context of college, like. Christmas deserves yeah. to be celebrated for longer. And it's just one of those things that to me now Christmas starts it. I haven't put a tree in a tree or anything, but it's mostly due to time constraints, you know, because I'm also like one of those people like I think me and my wife didn't even put up our tree last year because we never got around to it. And then it was like a week before Christmas and we're like, I'm not putting up a tree for a year for a week, you know. So it's yeah. one of those things if you're going to spend so much time decorating, like they should be up for a while. So that's that's my thoughts on that stuff. Uh, we just we see family Thanksgiving or Christmas, hers, mine, whatever we can do. I have family scattered all over the country, so it's kind of like if anybody can come, like that takes priority. Hers is hers is all really close, so usually just spend time with her family. It's nice. Nothing necessarily special other than start celebrating Christmas early. I really like to cook, um, and I I made uh, sweet potatoes last year, but not just any sweet potatoes. I made them um, um, from. Uh, uh, Babish, Benjig with Babish on his YouTube channel. He makes the sweet potato casserole and he makes like this marshmallow fluff that has scotch in it. Oh, so good. Interesting. So in the last three years, um, the, the place that I had been working with, I don't work there anymore. Um, we would, um, we would buy Thanksgiving meals and then university of Iowa students could sign up to receive a meal and we would deliver them to them. Um, so we would go deliver whatever meal that they signed up to order and we would send out anywhere between 30 and a hundred meals every year. So I really like to doing that. I'm going to miss not doing that this year, but cool. Um, yeah, we really I mean, like cool to do that. that. You'll miss it, but cool that you did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think I would, I would hope that they still plan on doing it. I don't make those decisions anymore. So, but yeah, I really like to doing that. Um, and I, I I'm real for this year for Thanksgiving. What I think I'm going to do is um, another sweet potato thing, but I'm going to make uh, like a gnocchi with sweet potatoes instead of regular potatoes. And oh, my girlfriend does that all the time. The sweet potato gnocchi, it's delicious. I highly recommend it. Oh, that's making me so happy. Yeah, so I was thinking about doing like a, like Babish has a brown butter and sage recipe that he did for the regular. So I think I'm going to try that mm-hmm. this year. Absolutely. 
One more question before we move on to Beyond the Sins. Uh, Daniel, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I don't care. (laughs) 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 I I, I don't know about the the, the argument. Um, I'm going to say no. I think that all, uh, for me, all of the Die Hard movies exist outside of those sort of categorizations. Sure. Um, That's fair. Whatever setting it is, every movie, every Die Hard movie exists during Die Hard season. <laughs> Which is all season long. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I heard I heard an argument recently, I'm uh, not recently, a couple years ago. I think it was Chris on the Sincast that that firmly cemented me in I would answer yes to the question. Okay. I'm kind of like you. I don't really care. It's arbitrary. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but somebody made the argument, like I said, I think it was Chris on the Sincast that so – if it's a Christmas movie, there has to be a reason it's set at Christmas, not just it's mm. set at Christmas because yeah. they wanted to capitalize on Christmas box office. That doesn't really, there has to be a reason. And Die Hard has to take place on Christmas because it's the reason why Nakatomi Plaza security is so, so light, why there is no security on the building, why they're, why the hackers are able to get in quickly. And while all the staff are off of their guard, but they're all still in the building, especially the main people who are needed to access. So I think that argument is pretty like Christmas is essential to the plot of Die Hard, meaning it would make it a Christmas movie to me. But but I'm I kind of with I you. would argue that it, that 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 doesn't necessarily make it a Christmas movie though. That's totally fair. <laughs> like, I'm, like I said, I'm kind of with you. I I don't particularly <laughs> care. I don't care to fight it too much. But if I have to lean one way, I will answer yes. But yeah, you're right. Die Hard, Die Hard season is all season long. You can watch it any time of the year. Let's move on to uh, Beyond the Sins then. To infinity and beyond. Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you're just really wanting to tell people to check out? Warn, recommend, or wreck a warn? I'm going to wreck a warn the uh, Netflix's uh, Love is Blind. Oh, nice. I don't want to watch it ever, (laughs) but I keep finding myself being roped into watching it. And then I'm suddenly, then I'm also find myself suddenly like invested and interested in it. And I never wanted it ever. So Uh stay away from it. (laughs) Now, is it your choice or is it your girlfriend roping you into watching it? uh it's 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 not my choice it's my girlfriend's choice oh god Um, well you say you always find yourself watching it i'm like are you just that bored on netflix or is somebody else have the remote (laughs) (laughs) no no but but like they do they they do a decent job of of editing it in a way that they like they they create heroes and villains because like you can't get everyone's like the someone's whole like personality and fully understand them in like a short period of time. But like even like by the end of the first episode, like they're like there's definitely like a couple or something that they're definitely pushing as like okay, this is the couple that we want you to root for, and then these this is the couple that we want you to be skeptical about. Like there there's definitely a bit of a uh, I think a bit of behind the scenes magic on that. It's effective enough that. <laughs> That by the end of the episode, I'm like, yeah, that guy's a dick, or like this, and like, oh, that that couple, they totally deserve love, and I'm just like, now, now I'm invested in this, and I and I and I didn't even want to watch it. <laughs> True. I want to softly recommend 
Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I got a chance to go Thursday night to see it because I had work off. And I say softly recommend because I'm definitely not warning it, but I'm certainly not warning it. Um, I don't love the movie, but I do like it. I think it deals with Chadwick Boseman's death in a very respectful way, but it also doesn't seem to linger on it. Like it's clear that a lot of this movie is to pay tribute to the late Chadwick Boseman, but not in a way where it almost like seems to like force it down your throat. Like remember, you know, like it's not Mm -hmm. anywhere like that. Um, It was only mildly distracting. And they very quickly, like the opening scene very quickly, like gets you to a point where it's like, and that's it. Like that's, that's what we're doing. Like Mm -hmm. this is how we're moving forward with this character. Like it, it's very much abrupt. Like we're not going to spend the whole movie on this or whatever. It's just like, here's the situation. Now let's move forward. So there's lots of, there's lots of things to like about the movie, I think. And there's certainly a good number of things to gripe about, but ultimately um, I really like the movie. Cool. I think I'll leave it at that. It's a brand new release, so I don't want to say really too much. Yeah. I haven't gotten out to see it myself. That'll do it for this week. Uh, Thanks Daniel for taking your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, we'll do it again during the next cycle. We'll try to pick a week that you have uh, some some sins videos that you've wrote written on. But uh, but I think this worked out really well. I think it was good. Uh, any places that you want to um, invite people to connect with you? Uh, not yet. Uh, that will <laughs> suffice. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter or Letterboxd at Swite Castle. Uh, if you have feedback for the podcast that you'd like to hear, I'd love uh, for you to send it to me or to send it to the BTS crew, whatever, bts at cinemasins.com or DM uh, the Cinemasins BTS Twitter. Um, the handle is Cinemasins BTS. Lastly, don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you're listening from and come back next Thursday for more behind the scenes content. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to bts at cinemasins.com and be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting cinemasins.com slash bts. I had a professor in college that that would, uh, and it was a constitutional law class, and he would say that. He'd be like, you're right, but you're also wrong. But uh, I'm going to watch the next one if they make it. Uh, it's Yeah, it's already been renewed. Um, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> fair. Discovery. Uh, ding. The sin is, he's obviously not in... in let me start off. He said, it was not me. <laughs> I can tell you. It's the I theme know, for the Lord. show. We're just, we're just going to go through everything <laughs> and I will tell you it, it was not me. It, it wasn't her one. It's really hard not to love this movie, right, Daniel? Of course, I ask right as you take a drink. <laughs> a bit of water, a little parched. These article titles. Yes, that was a dildo on the field in Buffalo. Again. <laughs> The original Bill's Mafia dildo throwers say they have zero regrets. 100% it was worth it. (laughs) These are the best article headlines ever. (laughs) I'm going to end with one more article. Ready? (laughs) Sportsbettingdime.com says you can actually bet on a dildo being thrown on the field. (laughs)